Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, getting ready to record episode number 239. We've got a really good show lined up for you this week. In our warm-up segment, we're going to talk about our City of the Week, Player of the Week, Equipment Tip of the Week. We have a great Did You Know, a fun listener question, and of course, Paige's Power Play. In our lead-off segment, we're going to talk about some recruiting stuff. Had a discussion with one of our listeners this week, um, and we kind of touched on a very important point that I think people need to be thinking about while we're heading into this fall recruiting season, especially for the older players that are uh, on college coach radars. In our cleanup topic, we're going to talk about Halloween and softball. Um, It is the day before Halloween as we record this week, so by the time you... uh, hear this, you'll have already uh, had your Halloween experience. wanted to just kind of talk about uh, some things that I've been seeing a lot on social media that I think are pretty cool. And then our coaching tip of the week, we're going to talk about teaching our players about nutrition, uh, something that I think is uh, very valuable that needs to be discussed because I think it's a missing ingredient Goes for a lot untouched. of teams. Yeah. So before we get into those great topics, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats, use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. The Anderson bats are rock solid. Um, I know Coach Don and I are always talking to our hitters about uh, what a high-quality bat the Anderson bat is, and uh, we've got a bunch of kids uh, that we've worked with that are are doing a great job with them, and want you to all strongly uh, consider that as your next bat purchase. So, and also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast. We want to say thank you very much to Rob Vasquez. Uh, Rob is our newest patron, came on board this week. So, Rob, thank you very much. We've been beating this drum now for several months. Um, every time we get a new patron, gives us a little bit of hope that we're getting closer and closer. Every little um, bit helps. Every, yeah, yep. every, every bit helps. Uh, the way that the system is set up, though, the, the reality of it is that it's meant to get a whole lot of people to help us a little instead of hoping that we can find a couple of people to help us a lot. Now, we've had some people that have helped us a lot because we have some people that are patrons now that have been patrons since the very first time we talked about becoming a patron. We've had some advertisers that have been with us from the very beginning that are are a big part of how this podcast has survived. But our situation is really pretty simple. We would love to and need to see more people become patrons. Again, it's $5, 10 or $20 a month. If you see value in what we're doing and if you want us to be able to keep doing it forever... Um, we need to see that number increase. And we talked about this uh, every week now for a while, but right now we are still operating in the red. We're a lot closer to breaking even because we've added 10 or 12 patrons here in the last three or four months, Uh, but we need to add at least that many again. So if you can, if you're in a position where you can help us, go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, and it'll all be explained to you there. Don, our warm-up segment is sponsored by Bidinger and Styles DDS. They're located in Webster, Mass., They've been strong supporters of this podcast. They're uh, one of those people we just talked about that have helped us keep the wheels turning. Um, if you're in the area and you ever need any kind of dental care, we would hope that you would check out uh, Bidinger and Styles DDS and make sure you let them know that you heard about them on Everything Fast Pitch. Don, the city of the week this week is Kaplan, Louisiana. Kaplan, Louisiana. I know they're playing a lot of softball there. 
any place here in the South now, we've got the yep. advantage of, you know, in the next, uh, you know, a couple of months still being able to be outside and doing a lot of softball stuff. You know, it has turned a little bit here, you know, but it's so funny. We still having, get some nice days. Yeah. I was having this discussion with one of the kids in lessons today. How when I was coaching in Wisconsin, if we had a day like today, the kids would have been ecstatic. They would have been, you know, jumping for joy that it was this warm and this nice. And, you know, it's a little drizzly, but no big deal. You know, at least, uh, you know, they could be outside We're going. and enjoying yep. it. As I've lived in the South longer and longer, I've become softer and softer. So those days where I used to think of 35 degrees was balmy, now a day that's 55 or 60 feels downright miserable. Right. And so for our listeners in many parts of the country hearing us talk about 55 or 60 sounding miserable, they probably want to punch us in the face right about now. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just not fair, right? Yeah. But obviously, uh, Louisiana is a nice warm weather state. They're playing a lot of great softball there. And we want to say thanks to the folks in Kaplan. Uh, anytime we see a jump, you know, we talk about this every week, means that people are sharing are, are, yeah. are, and asking people to listen. Yep. And that's one of the things that we hope all of you will do. You all know people that are crazy about this game, that, that love the game of fast pitch softball, that aren't listening yet. I'm really confident that if they listen, they'll keep coming back. And you know, we see that a lot, uh, especially because the, the new listeners have to be the people that are going back and listening to the old episodes. And when you look at the results and you see an episode from a year or two or three ago, that the numbers all of a sudden, you know, you see another 15, 20, 25, 30 people listen to it this week. I don't think it's very many uh, people that already have listened to it going back. I think it's a lot more people that are new to the podcast that like what they're hearing and they're trying to go back and take advantage of some of the old Checking it all out. Yeah, Tori, I think too, and the neat thing about it is uh, some of it is timeless, right? A little bit of it's current, current news and stuff like that that we chat about, but a lot of it is something that they can use anytime. Right, and I think that's one of the things about podcasts, honestly, that I never understood when we first started doing it. I was thinking more like radio show and while it right. does have some of that feel of doing a radio show, it really is a forever thing. I mean, the, the podcast is going to stay on those servers for a very, very long time, and people can keep taking advantage of it. The other thing I wanted us to talk about in our uh, City of the Week segment this week, Don, is we're going to have to start talking about the country of the week. Yeah, no, that's super exciting. Uh, you know, Stan was sharing some of the, the places that have been tuning in. Yeah, so we want to say uh, thank you very much to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Croatia, and a whole bunch of other countries. Now, I think some of this is, um, you know, when I look at Canada and Australia and New Zealand, we know those are fast pitch hotbeds. And For so sure. it kind of makes sense that, you know, somebody could randomly have stumbled across us um, looking for uh, uh, searching, searching for fast pitch. Yeah. Um, the other part about it that's exciting is I think that it just shows that, uh, again, the podcast has a reach way beyond our what, local area. Local ra- obviously, we're very strong, have a lot of people that listen to us in the greater Atlanta area because we, you know, have contact with a lot of ties here Um, yeah but it's it's pretty cool and so don the challenge has been thrown down we're going to say canada because that's your home country sure if the numbers in canada will double when the numbers double you're going to sing the canadian national anthem on the next wait 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 a minute tori you want to hear me sing? Yeah, you're going to sing the Canadian National Anthem. So all of our Canadian <laughs> oh, can- folks. Oh, Canada? Yeah, all our Canadian folks, get your friends. You better start sharing then. Uh, because uh, it would be hilarious to listen to Don. That, um, that's going to be a tough one. Don but... belting out the Canadian National Anthem. Right. I can help you with the first verse or so, because that's all I know from uh, watching uh, the Olympics. But, I might uh, have to brush up if we actually get to that. Yeah, yeah. No, rel- relatives yeah. don't. Well, no, I think relatives. Fam- no, do count. not on yeah. this one. Family doesn't count. Yeah, they might want to hear it too. I think family does count. So, but uh, so Canada, <laughs> get after your friends and neighbors. Get them all to listen, and uh, and and we'll be able to embarrass Coach Don a little bit. There you go. All right. So our player of the week this week, Don, is Peyton Grabowski. Peyton plays for the Impact Panthers fourteen and under team. 
She's off to an amazing start during their fall season. They had played 17 games at the time of this uh, nomination. She's hitting over 500 at a 541 nice, clip. Nice. Um, she's got 21 RBIs. As a catcher, she's doing an amazing job picking off runners and throwing out would-be base stealers and, and doing a great job on the defensive side of the ball. But she's also a standout student, high honors, starting her freshman year this year. You know, Fantastic. And probably yeah. going to have a great career. I think uh, Pennsylvania is one of the states where they play their high school season in the spring. So um, I'm sure she's going to be coming up, be building this fall season to to be really ready for the spring season. Peyton's Impact Panthers team is based in Pennsylvania. They play out of Scranton, um, and obviously uh, this time of year they're going to be doing a, a great job of uh, uh, cranking it up and, and getting ready for the spring season. So congratulations, Peyton Grabowski! You are the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. Great job! I love it. All right. So our equipment tip of the week, Don. Let's talk about the Square Cuts training disc. So Tori, the discs, again, we've had actually quite a number of people jump on and, and are giving them a try. We're sending quite a few out. Yep. Want to make sure that everybody takes uh, advantage of that if they can before the holidays. And it's a can't go wrong. I've got uh, students that come in for the first time and even after their first day, they'll leave with a set yep. because they're you know excited about it and they like what it's all about. And again, we've talked about you know, all the reasons, all the different things that we do with them and, and how they do give you uh, good feedback right off the bat. And uh, it's just a good product that I think every coach needs a set of and give them a try. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed in any way. Well, I think yep. you're right. I think we are hitting that critical mass point now where enough people have them that people are using them and trying them. And so that's uh, definitely part of the equation. Um, and I also think enough people are listening to us talk about them week after week uh, to know how strongly we believe in it. It's a product that Coach Don and I developed. It's something that we came up with because as people who spend a lot of time working with hitters, we just knew there were some things that could be done might better. Be missing, yeah. Um, that, that might uh, you know be the missing ingredient that would help a player have a little bit more success and, and maybe get to another level. And so the Square Cuts training discs are $49.95 a dozen. You can order them on the fastpitchprep.com website. You go to the fastpitchprep.com website, click on the order button, go through the process and uh, we'll get them shipped out to you right away. Got them in stock and ready to ship. Uh, we've fortunately got ahead of the supply chain nightmares uh, before it happened and, and had them ordered in, uh, in the pipeline and they're here and ready to go. And uh, we've talked about them as potential Christmas gifts for your coaches, yep. um, but definitely something that every player should have in their toolbox for uh, home training. So Don, did you know we talked about the Division One Council a couple of weeks ago because they're trying to make some changes as far as how NIL is being used, name, image, and likeness. Right. Well, they've also had another uh, big uh, breakthrough. And uh, now this is not just a softball thing. This is an all-sport thing. But every sport has a limit on the number of paid coaches that a staff is allowed to have. Right. And in Division One, it's been, the number was three paid assistants. Three. Mm -hmm. And then you could have a quote unquote volunteer assistant. And the volunteer assistant is usually somehow getting paid because of their association with the program, but usually it's camp camps income and clinics or, and, yeah. uh, or something other than, uh, than uh, being a full-time employee of the university. Well, the division one council has voted to increase across the board in almost every sport just the number of coaches separates the right. schools. Yeah. And so basically what the first piece of legislation would be is that the volunteer coach, the fourth coach who is not a full-time employee will now be able to become a full-time employee. They'll be able to be hired on full-time. They'll have full-time benefits. So basically some, some schools will have four paid full-time coaches. And then they'll also, a secondary part of that is that they're also looking at adding the, still the option for a fifth volunteer coach. So the 
you know, basically uh, move the person who's in the volunteer position now to the full-time position and then create another volunteer position um, so that somebody can kind of get started in coaching, maybe have a way to be you know, involved with the program and not necessarily have to be on the, on the books for that program as a full-time coach. Tori, this just blows my mind. We were both kind of in the same scenario where we had to do a lot on our own. Yeah. And to have that much full-time help is kind of exciting for them. But yeah, well, it's, it's a little bit of both. Part of it, there, there's several different layers to this discussion. So number one is it certainly creates a lot more opportunities at some schools for coaches to actually have real jobs, right? You know, have the benefits, have the financial support, knowing that they're going to be getting a paycheck every month, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so for those people, it's very exciting and, and a really cool thing. To me, anything that, that increases the number of people involved in coaching and hopefully raises the level of instruction and, and the quality great. of yeah. experience that the players are having is a great thing. The flip side of it is that for many schools... How many can? Right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot more schools that probably cannot or will not choose to pay for another full-time assistant coach or they won't do it for all sports. So they might say, do it for basketball. They might do it for football. They might do it for some sports, but they won't do it for others. And so to me, you know, this is another one of those rich get richer, poor get separated more. Just kinds of spreading the gap. Yeah. The vast majority of schools that we're really familiar with are much more in the, we can't afford to do it than we can afford to do it neighborhood. Um, you know, there's a lot of schools now, and, and this comes back to, you know, we've talked a lot in the past about how Everybody is so excited that Patty Gasso is now the highest paid softball coach, and she's second of all baseball and softball. So there's only one baseball coach that makes more money than Patty Gasso. And everybody jumps to the conclusion that there's so much money in coaching and that all these Division I coaches are so well paid. But the vast majority of assistant coaches, even full-time assistant coaches at the Division I level, are working at schools where they're the only assistant coach, right. and they're making twenty dollars $25,000 a year. Pretty light full-time position. Yeah, and there's a lot of those. You know, and I think a lot of people think that you know they get mad about camps that are run to help pay assistant coaches more money, but they don't realize how little many of these coaches are being paid. Well, a school that has is fighting and scratching and clawing to have an assistant coach making twenty five thousand dollars a year is probably not going to be in the position to wake up tomorrow and say, "Well, let's just add another one. Let's just move somebody else into another full-time position." When you think about a, a job that, let's say, pays you $25,000 a year for that athletic department, by the time you add in benefits and everything else that they're going to have to pay for, for every new full-time person, it you know it's probably double that or triple that for they, what it costs them to add that person to the staff. They might actually get cars and stuff like this for them to use as staff as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the and, and the reality of it is, yes, the high-end schools, the schools that have tons of money, the they big conferences are going to jump all over this. They're so excited about it. They can't, you know, they can't wait to add another person. You know, I've got a couple of friends that are working, you know, right now as volunteer assistants that will undoubtedly get full-time paid jobs out of this because they're really good coaches that really want to coach, that want to coach at the higher level schools. And the only way they can do it is to be the volunteer assistant because that school doesn't have room on their staff to hire them as a full-time person. But, Previously wasn't allowed. Right. Yeah. And so now, you know, we're going to see that, that change. Part of me, I think it's a great thing, but part of me thinks, again, having spent my whole life working at smaller schools that you know didn't have the unlimited budgets, they still it's won't. just one more thing. And, and back to your point, Don, that you talked about earlier, when I started coaching at UW-Parkside, Terry was my assistant coach, but Terry had a full-time job 
away from away school. from school. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a my my starting pay was four thousand dollars a year. It was a part time job for me too. But what it meant because Terry had a full time job is she would usually be able to come to practice on the weekends, but never during the week. Two thirds of the time, three quarters of the time, I was running practices with 18, 20, 22 players by myself. Having to get it done. Every single day. Mm -hmm. And did it seem like a lot of work? Well, it seemed like a lot of work, but I mean, I was able to do it. Sure. And I think, you know, know, hopefully the success that we had, you know, meant that we did a pretty good job. You know, when you were coaching at Kennesaw State, you know, you and Scott were the two full-time softball coaches, but no offense, Scott. We know Don did ninety percent of the, the the grunt work, and the you know, you know Scott was you know sh- shaking hands, kissing babies, and doing the you know, the the administrative stuff so well. We were great um, together there, yeah. yeah. But so you know what it's like to be you know in the cage twelve hours a day, working with all the different hitters as they roll through. You know, working on the field. You know, hitting the infield. You know, working with the catchers. Whatever it was, we were you know, maintaining we, fields. Yeah, and we we just did all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so part of me is thinking. If you have four or five coaches on your staff, what are you going to do to keep them all busy? I know it would be interesting to uh, delegate and to share the responsibilities. Right. And, and now I understand one thing that thorough. is you know, yeah. vastly different now is with all the technology that's available for these high-end programs, a lot of their extra time is is built into watching video, you know, scouting opponents, you know, planning game plans, those kinds of things. Because if you're coaching in the SEC, you've got enough video Re- on recruiting. Every, yeah, yeah, you've got making, enough video on every team you're going to play. Making sure we're recruiting the right kids. Yeah, that, yeah. that you can look at their entire roster and say, okay, you know, Sally can't hit the curveball, and and you know, we can get you know Joni with the changeup, and and having that game planning built in that we didn't think about doing any of that stuff. This pitch pattern was right. successful in in the series before, right? Yeah, and and the you mentioned it the recruiting piece of it, which is something that they're yeah. going to be able to you know invest that much more time in. And as we've talked about a bunch of times already, I think that's going to really open up for them to spend a lot more time watching other college kids. No doubt, because the transfer the portal, portal becomes such an important part. So, did you know the Division One Council is going to increase the number of coaches? It's going to be good and bad depending upon who you listen to. Uh, overall, I think it's good because it's more people getting to coach. But I think there's going to be a Tori, another step widening the gap. I've got one more for you on this story. Do you feel like the pressures to allow these changes to be made might be in an effort to uh, appease? those higher end schools to, to their wants and needs or to what they're able to do so that we don't uh, dissolve the NCAA at some point? Uh, absolutely. I think that what you're going so, to keep seeing is more and more decisions being made that basically allow the schools that have the unlimited budgets or the close to unlimited budgets to, to do what them. they want to do. To use them. Yep. And so um, I think we'll eventually see less limits on scholarships. We'll see less limits on anything and everything that was put into place originally to try to keep the playing field more level. And now we've known for the last 10, 12 years that the playing field is not has not been level at all for a no. long time. No. Um, and But it's clearly getting more and more unlevel. Um, I think you're right. I think that it's all part of a, a movement wanna, towards trying to keep the, keep the it happier. Together. Yeah, keep the bigger schools happy. And, and you hear it all the time you know, on some of the talking talk shows on, on ESPN. Because they could they could easily just say no, that's unreasonable because these other schools aren't going to be able to do it. Right, and the big schools are like, well, why should I be penalized when I can afford? We can do it, and I'm I'm sure the folks at Tennessee say you know something along well, just because Tennessee State or Tennessee Tech can't do it, why why should we be held back? Or you know the folks at Alabama don't you know can say the same thing about Alabama State or 
and you know, Alabama, Montgomery. The same argument's going to be had. You know, anytime you have a big school and a and and not so big schools all being compared to each other. So, yeah. so did you know it's going to be an interesting thing to see um, as this uh, legislation moves forward? And, uh, more coaches will be coaching. So we'll see how yep. that plays out. So Don, our listener question comes to us from Rob. And Rob was pretty honest in his assessment. My daughter is pretty slow and she needs to get faster and quicker. Ideas on how to make an immediate impact for her to see some improvement. Definitely being quick is is helpful anytime you can be, but I think sometimes working on those things is going to take a little bit more time than than we want. We can be efficient. We can know good form and good technique, but I think that uh, a longer evaluation might be probably more exciting to to try and manage. Right. So good form and good technique, I know, is is always good, but anticipating too, and a lot of a lot of times in watching really good softball players, anticipating and making initial movements a little quicker than even kids that might be faster than we are, can be super helpful and beneficial. Right. So if we're able to anticipate well, I think that we can overcome some of the lack of straight up sprint from A to B compared to some of the other athletes. So if we can work on our anticipative skills and and softball IQ, you know, so we know what should be happening so we can be, you know, moving in that direction sooner. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, Yeah, well, I think the the point that you made, Don, that uh, what I would really echo to Rob and anybody else is asking this question, if your player is slow, the only thing you can do that's going to make any kind of quick improvement that's going to see any kind of immediate change is the technique is teaching them to run better proper Um, because you know the reality of it is that if talking about changing you know muscle development and and quick twitch and developing you know the ability to accelerate faster that's not something that you can just longer right yeah you know you you know that that's a long range long-term project that's going to see slow but steady improvement you know we've got a player that's slow you know, just like we always talk about video for pitchers and hitters and, and everything else, if we watch a player run and we videotape them just running, I think what we see a lot of times, kids that are slow runners are also poor technical runners. Right. You know, their arms are flailing all over the place. Landing um, on their heels. Yeah, they're, they're, there's something mechanical yep. um, that they're doing in the way they're running that's holding them back a little bit. Um, that would be the one thing I would say, if you want to see an immediate impact, let's do, you know, some analysis of, you know, what she's doing. And if those arms are flailing all around, all over the place, you know, that's something that we can start if, if she's not leaning into the run as she's running, that's something we can do. If, if, you know, she just got a slow loping, you know, really, uh, and a lackadaisical turnover, you know, that's something that we can adjust. But as far as taking a kid who's really good at running and making them faster at it, that's a long haul. And and there's all types too, Tori, because I know I can, and depending on the age that we're talking about, we can have some really long-limbed players that are slow, right. even though they're tall. And then others that have really long legs that are, are very efficient in their strides, and they're amazingly quick. Right. And vice versa, little ones that can just giddy up and... And then smaller players that struggle to get that stride. And, and again, like you had mentioned, the technique. Well, and they look at like, I mean, uh, like Usain Bolt, when he's winning all those 100-meter uh, dashes, like he's in sixth place for the first 10 yards. And then he just blows by people like they're not even running because he's so fast once he gets going. <laughs> to Rob's point, 
You know, I, I think it's worthwhile investing, but I think what ends up happening is we get caught up in some things that we want to see our players improve drastically that are just long-haul projects. Really, there's nothing in this game, and, and I, I've been around forever. No magic. That, that, that you can just you know do one drill, do one thing in practice, add one training thing to your regimen, and make an immediate gigantic change. And so I think that in this specific thing, talking about running speed, Let's check out the technique because I think we can make some technical adjustments a little bit easier. Still breaking old habits and stuff like that, but I think uh, you know that's that's the only chance to see anything happen quickly. Otherwise, whether it's you know ladder drills or jump rope or running hills or strength training or flexibility or whatever it is, we'll have an impact over time. Right, all those yeah. things take time, and all those things honestly probably need to be worked on in some sort of organized plan some sort of organized program if we are practicing once a week with our travel ball team and we're spending a ton of time working on speed and agility and we spend the first hour of practice doing speed and agility because we think it's going to make a big difference that one time a week for one hour of practice is not making enough of a difference to invest to really make that investment of the time they need a little bit more right yeah it, it needs to be a, lo- a much longer haul what so. do you what do you think about their softball iq tory and and knowing that if a right-handed batter is being thrown a change up that likely i need to be moving in if i'm an outfielder right. or if it's going to be an outside pitch that i should be you know anticipating moving in a direction right. i think or the ball in the dirt that you get a good jump yeah. and you can a- advance no i think we, that's a, a really important part of it too we might overcome some yeah. of our and I think I think that I would kind of lump that in with the technique part of it too. Yeah. That the yep, yep. you know that if I'm a base runner, and I'm slow, but I see that pitch coming out of the pitcher's hand, and it looks like it's going to be low. I get one a extra bit more, step. I get an extra step or two in my leadoff because yep. even if it doesn't get by the catcher, she's probably not going to catch it clean. So I'm still going to be able to get back. And all of a sudden, that ball you know hits her in the chest protector and bounces five feet away. I'm already running. You got my and two I'm, steps I'm, that I'm, I'm lacking. So the fact yeah. that I was slow is a whole lot less noticeable because I'm able I'm to already at second base. Yeah. yeah. So and so I think that that's a good point, Don. And I think that probably in in Rob's case, his situation is his daughter's probably a little slower afoot. Foot speed. And yeah. maybe a little bit less aggressive, maybe not quite, you know, sort of seeing those things. Yeah. Um and, and again it's a trap that, that's easy for a player to fall into because if you already think you're slow be you, very you know, cautious. Right. You know, yeah. your, your leadoff is less aggressive because you know you're not stealing. Yep. Well, then you're never going to be able to advance on the ball in the dirt. And that, um, yeah, that's one more step yeah. you're not getting on you're a not ground really, ball. You're yep. not really sprinting on that base hit to the outfield because you know you're only going 60 feet. So even though it's a ball that somebody else might go first to third or score from second, you know, you're really only running 80% because you know you're stopping at the next base anyhow. So why, because I'm why, not why really sprint? Because I'm slow. Yeah. Right. And so it's a trap that's easy to fall into. So there's a, a lot of stuff there that I think, you know, uh, hopefully Rob and his daughter can use to their advantage and uh, work on making her feel a little bit more comfortable with maximizing what she's capable of doing. And over a season or two, we can make huge strides and changes. Yeah, but we got to make up our mind that it's going to be the long haul. You know, we've talked about this a bunch this year, it seems. If I have one more person come up to me and want some drill that's going to solve some major problem, I'm just going to want to cry. The big package. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. Well, well, she's doing this. What's a drill that'll fix that? Um, well, here's about 35 drills that she needs to do all the time for a long time to get rid of that. And they kind of look at you like, well, what do you mean? Because it's, like, it's not a quick fix. There's, there are no instant cures. There's no you know, little green pill that you take, and all of a sudden, you know, the mechanical problems that you have 
that you've developed over time that are all parts of really bad habits that you probably learned when you were six are going to just disappear now that Remnants you're 12 or 13 it. or 14. Yeah, no, I, we, we giggle about the pixie dust, right? They yeah. walk through and yeah. Yeah, just sprinkle a little pixie dust and, and she's going to hit 700 this right? week. Right. <laughs> All right, so Don, that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here. And today I want to talk a little bit about how to help your athlete feel empowered, confident, and believe in herself in games. I know oftentimes as athletes, like we've heard our coaches and parents tell us, you know, just go out there and be confident or just believe in yourself or why don't you believe in yourself or why aren't you confident? And it can be really frustrating because we as athletes, you want to feel those things. You want to believe in yourself. You want to feel empowered, but you just don't know how. The way that I want to help athletes with this specifically is understanding that confidence all begins with our thoughts, with her thoughts, your daughter's thoughts to be exact, or your athlete's thoughts to be exact, what she thinks and how she thinks about herself, what she thinks and how she thinks about the game, what she thinks and how she thinks about her performance or her past performances. So if there are negative thoughts, which often happens because as athletes, we're hard on ourselves, right? Then she's probably not feeling super confident in her games or as confident as she could be. So that means she has to create and choose thoughts that are going to make her feel confident. And how do you get her to do that? So the first thing is she just like reminding her to acknowledge her thoughts and feelings prior to her next game, like having conversations about them, talking about them and reminding her that negative thoughts, fears, doubts, all of those things are completely normal things to happen in her head. The next thing, number two is asking her to think about the opposite kind of thought. So something the most confident next level version of herself would think. Something she has thought when she was feeling confident and on fire in the past. This is her creating an affirmation or affirmations to use and hold on to during her game. She's like preparing her mind and choosing thoughts and so that it dictates how she shows up and what she's thinking about and how she's feeling going into her game. Number three is encouraging her to visualize herself believing that affirmation, like actually seeing it and visualizing the success that she wants for herself. I'm actually going to be walking the girls through this process of creating affirmations and visualizations so they can feel confident and believe in themselves in their games in this week's mindset lesson. So remember practice makes perfect, even with the mental part of her game. So we want me to walk her through that process and really work on affirmations and visualizing and this whole how to help her feel empowered and confident and believe in herself in games, schedule a mindset lesson for her this week. You can do that at my website, pagetons.com backslash lessons. I hope to see her there. Don't be afraid to reach out to me, ask questions. I'm here to help and support you. Well, I know uh, folks, you get tired of me t- saying this every week, but Paige's program is awesome. Um, she's doing a bunch of different things. You know, she's got some long-term stuff, some short-term stuff, some stuff you can sign up for one time some stuff you sign up for, for, you know, an entire season and all of her programs are beneficial. They're going to make your player a better player and a happier kid. So if you're thinking about what can I do for my daughter to make her enjoy the game more and to be more successful playing it, pagetons.com. It's T-O-N-Z. Look at her programs. I promise you, I, I would not be saying this week after week after week if I didn't believe it in my heart of hearts. 90% of the kids I work with, if not more, would all be better off if they would invest the time and effort to, to do these kinds of things. And it's exciting to be a part of. And again, 
not going to do anything but help. Right. And and she's been there, done that. A lot of what she teaches these kids are from the hard lessons she learned being the player that struggled with her confidence, that struggled with her performance, you know, that, you know, that had to learn how to manage this stuff on the fly. And it's like, you know, a lot of other stuff that we talk about, why not spare your kid the pain of having to learn these lessons on her own if you can? No doubt. You know, right? I mean, the inexpensive experience is a whole lot easier and better way to go. And obviously, if you do take advantage of any of Paige's programs, just let her know that you, you know that you're an everything fast pitch listener. Um, you know, she invests some time in helping us put her segments together every week. And obviously, it'd be great for her to know that it's leading to some people that are are joining some of her programs and getting uh, getting involved and getting interested because of her involvement with what we're doing with everything fast pitch. So, Don, that's going to take us to our leadoff segment. Our leadoff segment is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite's located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at elitesportsorders at yahoo.com. Anything you need, bats, balls, gloves, uh, uniforms, spirit wear, the whole nine yards. I know uh, John had a stack of bats that went just about to the ceiling the other day because he got a couple of orders in. So if you need something, don't be afraid to reach out to the folks at Elite. You know, they're another one of those people that have been with us some, from the beginning, and so we were, certainly would appreciate you supporting them if you can. I was going to say, and it's nothing wrong with getting a head start on uh, spring attire, right? We yeah. need our apparel. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, they've been uh, doing a really good job of helping people because one of the areas that has been really hard hit with all the supply chain problems is the sporting goods business. Yep. You know, they've been doing a really good job of helping people with temporary jerseys, you know, like... Uh, you know, a dry fit jersey with a simple logo and number Alternate to options. be able to get through the fall season because other stuff that they've ordered is is out there in the ether someplace. Don't get to, caught up waiting. Right. You yep. know, don't 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 wait forever and, and have to have some poor kid out there with a athletic tape number on the back of her shirt because that's all we could do to get through the tournament this weekend. So Don had a talk with one of our listeners this week. Uh, his daughter is at that prime recruiting age. And he had a bunch of questions. Now, the first thing I did is I've, I've referred him to, and he's watched the videos. You know, we've got our four-part series on our YouTube channel talking about the recruiting process. And now some of the stuff that's on there is a little bit dated because some of the dates have changed. Some of the rules sure. have changed a little bit. But a lot of the information that's in there about how to get recruited, how to make a good impression, all that stuff is, as you said earlier Still today, stands. And it's timeless. It mm-hmm. will always be true. Now, we've added a couple of more commandments and things like that since we did those videos, but the videos are still very valuable. And he's been watching that and trying to catch up. But he had a question because now that his daughter's been working really hard to invite coaches to come and watch her, she's you know, been sending schedules. Um, she's been you know, sending video clips and things like that. Doing legwork. Doing all the stuff. He's kind of curious now about you know, what the next step is when some of these coaches start to show up. And the thing that I explained to him and the thing I wanted to make sure that we you know, have all our players thinking about if you've done a good job of those things, chances are that when a coach comes to see you play, they're already pretty sure you can play. The, the videos, the video, and the, those yep. kinds of things have already They've done some them. homework. Right. Yeah. And, and if that college coach has come to see you more than once, then there's a definite message to be seen in that. What I wanted to talk about is that if college coaches are coming to watch you play, if you know for sure that because you've done the legwork, you've invited them and they're coming because you've started to build that relationship with them, one of the things that you have to understand is that your performance is only a part of what they're there to see. If they've already decided you're a good player, whether you go three for three or two for three or one for three in a game probably is not nearly as important and not nearly as impactful 
as a lot of the other stuff that can be taking place while you're there. The reality of it is if they're there to see you play, they're probably pretty sure you're already the kind of player they want to recruit. Now they have to decide whether you really are the type of person that they want to recruit and you're the type of person and total package that they really want to have in their program. One of the things that happens, unfortunately, and I think this was you know kind of the reason he and I had the discussion we had, is players get so wrapped up in thinking that they need to be perfect when college coaches are there that they usually screw up more. And then how do we react when we don't perform right. the way we want to perform? And, and that's really the, the, real kicker. the real kicker and why this topic is so important. It's how you react and how the people around you react. So any of you that are going into this process of, of playing college softball, if that's something that you really want to, want to do, your kid really wants to do it, you want to help them you know, get to that level, there's a couple of things that you have to always be thinking about. Number one is that the college coach is recruiting a total package. They're recruiting you as a softball player, certainly, but they're recruiting you as a student. They're recruiting you as a person. They're teammate. recruiting you as a teammate. Mm. Yep. They're recruiting your family. They're looking at the whole package. Number one, if they're there, they're already interested. So you don't have to be perfect. You just need to you know, go about business, be your normal self. Because one of the things that uh, I think happens to a lot of players is they think they have to be perfect because it's like they think they have to... This is it. Right. And, yeah. and they have to almost like trick that college coach into thinking that there's something other than what they really are. Well, the college coach already knows you're not perfect. They know you don't hit a thousand. They know right. you're going to make an error. They know you're going to have a brain cramp every once in a while. They know that's true because that's just human. And they also know the pressure's on because they're there. Right. So now what they want to see is how do you react? How do you handle that pressure? And then how do you and the people around you manage it when they're there to watch you play? So that's what I want us to talk about. That Number one, we want to think about some of the things that are in the uh, video that we mentioned earlier in the, in the commandments. Playing hard, playing smart, being aggressive being a good teammate, you know, acting the way you should act in public, you know, treating people with respect. You say both on and off the field. Right. There, right? All those, all those in things are, are very important. And, you know, I've told this story before, but it's such a good story. I'm going to tell it again today. When I was uh, in Colorado as a fairly young coach, you know, just had started at, uh, at Tennessee Tech, I was there to watch a girl named Samantha Lovelady, who ended up being one of my best players ever, was an assistant coach for me, still a really close friend to this day. I was there to, in Colorado to watch Samantha play, and she was playing against a team from California. Well, it worked out that Coach Candrea from Arizona was there to watch a girl from the team from California. Opposing team. And yeah. now, just to put this into perspective, because for some of our listeners, you might not understand that, what that really means. At that time, Arizona and UCLA were the only two teams that could win the national championship. That was it. Nobody else really was, I mean, everybody else was a pretender and the only chance anybody else ever had to win it was if one of those two kind of messed up. Coach Candrea was. And Coach like Candrea the was coach the, and, the, and, yep. and still is, you know, in my opinion, he's the greatest coach this game's ever seen. And I, somebody's going to have to go a long way to match what I think about him as, as a coach. But for a player at that time to have Coach Candrea there in person to watch you play was something pretty special. The, the game starts, Sam's hitting leadoff for her team. Very first at bat, she smokes one, hits a home run. Now, obviously, a lot of kids hit home runs in Colorado, you know, the altitude and all that stuff. Yep, yep. But my heart just, like, dropped. I'm thinking, you know, I'm sitting right here next to Coach Candrea, and my recruit is going to, you know, have the game of her life, so she hits a leadoff home run. Well, his girl comes up in the bottom of the first inning. I think she hits a double, and then Sam hits a double in the third inning, and then his girl hits a home run in the third inning. And it was just, like, back and forth, these two players playing amazing against each other. 
And Sam's team ended up winning the game like seven to six, like they scored in the top of the last inning. And the girl that Mike was there to watch made the last out. She was up in a chance to to win the game and she didn't come through and hit a you know fly ball or whatever and, and ended up making the last out of the game. And her reaction and the reaction of her family and the way she, you know, basically carried herself carried herself after that failure convinced him that she couldn't be on his team. And that was a girl that was three for three or four for four with going into that at bat with a home run and a double and was just playing, playing like crazy. And of course I was just thinking, I hope to God he doesn't <laughs> decide to recruit Samantha now because, you know, she, she's you know, as, as good as this girl is. That was the, the, you know, the message that I think was important to take away from this topic today was just like that, a great player who could have, should have, might've been winning national championships at Arizona got dropped from the Arizona recruiting radar because of how she reacted to one failure in one high pressure situation. And so players, parents, all of you need to be thinking about that. That's how quickly this can happen. It all counts. And, and coaches that are there to watch you play, they're there to watch that other stuff. You know, I tell this all the time that when I was at like that absolute, it's time for me to decide if I'm going to offer this player a scholarship or not, I would specifically go and watch them not play. I would watch them walking in from the parking lot. I would watch watch them walking out to the parking lot. I would sit my chair so I could see them in the dugout. Are they handing mom and dad their bag? Yeah, are, you know, and, and are they yeah. acting the fool if they make a mistake? You know, and 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 that kind of stuff because that was showing up umpires, right? And that was just as important to me, yep. as whether they could play or not. And I think that's true for most college coaches. So. Is there the occasional, she's so great that people will give her plenty of chances to we'll, be a jerk? We'll put up with it. Less and less now. Rehabilitate. It, yeah, yeah, less and yeah. less now than it used to be. And I don't think there were very many of those opportunities then. So if a coach is there to watch you play, just to keep reminding yourself, it doesn't matter so much whether you get a hit or not, but it's how you play, how you react, how you handle the situation with them there to watch you. No, I think that's great advice for sure, Tori, because... Like you said at the beginning, they've already been impressed with your skills. Right. And they know that you're a three or 400 hitter. And even if you didn't do it all on that day, you know, obviously you're doing it on a consistent basis. So. Right. Well, and, and I think that the, the biggest thing is, you know, how players process failure and how they handle the struggle has a lot to do with what kind of college player they're going to be. Because I don't care how good you are in travel ball. I don't care how many awards you've won in high school. I don't care how many state championships or national championships or, or game balls or medals or rings or whatever you've got in the trophy case back home. When you step foot on that college campus, it's a whole nother world. All your teammates are just as fancy and special as you are. Right. Every, every yep. player you're now playing with and competing and with for playing time, yep. every time you show up at the ballpark to play a game against another team, 90% of the players in that ballpark, in that dugout, on that bus are exactly you or better than you. Right. So. How are you going to work through that? Right. So yeah. if you can't work through that, coaches want to figure it out as much as they can beforehand and, and avoid it. So keep doing the good work. Keep getting those coaches out there to watch you play. When, if you've worked that hard to get them there, don't blow it by being a jerk. Don't blow it by, you know, crying because you hit a pop-up. Don't, you know, blow it because you're rude to your mom or dad because it took them an extra 30 seconds to get you a Gatorade. Right. You know, I mean, it's all those kind of stuff that that's going to be the kiss of death. If you, if they, you fall into that, trap. they're watching. Yeah. All right. So Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. 
It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. Our topic is Halloween and softball. And here's why I want us to talk about this. When I was coaching at Tennessee Tech, we went hog wild on Halloween. It cool. was a big, big deal. You know, we would have a, a team party. It usually worked out. Our school would try as hard as they could to arrange to have a volleyball match somehow in conjunction with Halloween. So there'd be some sort of costume contest, you know, from amongst the athletic teams and, yep. and one year we did dodgeball and I was patches of Houlihan. So I had to borrow a wheelchair and get a brown leather jacket and make fake, uh, um, American, uh, association of volleyball patches to, cool. to, to, to wear. We had one year that we did Jersey shore and I had to get a thing of fake tan and, and a really tight white t-shirt. Um, there was one year I was King Leonidas from 300 and everybody who's ever seen my picture knows that the difference between my midsection <laughs> and, and Leonidas's uh, midsection are a little bit different. Um, but so we went all in on, on Halloween. The kids had a blast. You know, the coaches had a blast. It was a lot of fun. But so uh, this time of year now, especially for younger teams, one of the big themes when they go to these tournaments this time of year is the Halloween costume contest and coaches and teams wearing costumes. I even saw something kind of making fun of softball where somebody was uh, pretending to sell costumes. One was the daddy ball coach. One was the too enthusiastic softball mom. You know, one was the bracket ready pitcher and all this stuff. So I just thought it was kind of funny to, to, and wanted to talk about the whole connection between Halloween and softball. No, I think that's a fun time for sure. And uh, anytime we can do something a little different or over and above what we normally do at the ballpark, I think that's great. When I think especially for the younger kids, it's something that yeah. just you know, makes it a little bit more memorable. Um, but I did have to laugh because those of you that have been around for a long time know I did a blog a couple of years ago, and we talked about it on the podcast a couple of years ago, that one of the things that's always driven me crazy about travel ball is that we're trying so hard to be creative that we come up with names that will never go through spell check. Yeah, so yeah. we have X's and Z's and letters and changes in, in the way the spelling spelled and, yeah. to try to make our, our team name a little bit more creative. So I always had this joke that I was going to start a team and we were going to be called the convicts, K-O-N-V-I-X. And I couldn't help but laugh, but I saw a post on Facebook the other day of a team that won the Halloween costume and the players were dressed up in orange uniforms. So they looked like, you know, they were the, the chain they had, gang. They had a number, but it wasn't yeah. the typical number. And so so yeah. if, you, if you want to laugh, if you've got a little bit of time, you can go on the fastpitchprep.com website and search through the blogs. Uh, but uh, uh, that was one of the most fun ones I ever wrote because it just kind of made fun of the the idea of the uniforms being... You know, we we're going to start this team called the convicts and they were going to all have one set of uniforms is going to be all orange. The other set of uniforms is going to be black and white stripes, but the stripes were going to be horizontal, not vertical pinstripes. They were going to be the, you know, the, the prison garb style. Everybody was going to have a number, but it was going to be seven, seven, three, six, nine, seven, seven, two, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so then to see a team who I'm sure made it up all on their own, I cannot imagine that they stole my idea for the convicts. 
but I just thought it was hilarious. No, that would be fun for sure. And uh, again, Halloween or any of the different holidays that come up, it's nice when we can and the only other do thing, something as a team. Right. And the yeah. only other thing I'm going to say is that for every comment about that team uh, with their pictures looking like convicts that was positive, like, oh, that's cute. I bet you they won the contest. There was at least three people. I can't believe that you would let a girl dress like that. I can't believe that you would, you know, allow your team to look like that. What, you know, what kind of message does that send? We got to light. We're, we we're gotta putting li- them in prison garb, and we, I'm, we got to lighten up a little every now. Yeah, and, then. and I'm just thinking, yeah. come on, people. Yeah, it's a Halloween costume. It's it's meant to be for fun, and let's not take all that stuff so seriously. So Halloween and softball, it's going to be uh, forever connected. And um, if we think it's just a little kid thing, I can tell you that for a whole bunch of years. A bunch of college kids got a, a lot of fun out of the whole Halloween thing. Too, we can so. keep it fun for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Don. So our coaching tip of the week, we talked about a little bit with the pinnacle power butter, but it's all about nutrition. And here's something that I want us to talk about. None of us are necessarily nutrition experts. None of us are probably in a position where we're creating, you know, meal plans and stuff like that for the players on our teams. But one of the things I think we all need to keep emphasizing and keep talking to them about is eating healthier making sure that they're eating enough, making sure that if we're going to have a long day at the ballpark, that they're getting breakfast in the morning before they head out. There's so many things that I see that contribute to teams struggling, and nothing strikes me as being more valuable or more important than helping them understand that what they put in their bodies is going to have a lot to do with what they can get out of their body. And a day designed around nothing for breakfast and then concession stand food all day long is probably not a day designed for optimal softball performance. Tori, I'm really shocked a lot of times when I quiz someone on, you know, what what is your pre-tournament meal? You know, the, the night before you go to a tournament, if you have a really good solid meal, that can help sustain you through the next day. Yeah. A lot of it, again, with a decent breakfast and things like that. But, you know, a Pop-Tart or a piece of toast is you know, not going to get it. Right. We, we've got to be eating something substantial that's going to stick with us through a little bit of the day. And, and we, a lot of kids don't even have the Pop-Tart. Right. That along with, with hydration and stuff like that, it can have a huge impact in, in your game, especially for the people that, and I'm guessing that most of the people that listen to the podcast are kind of interested in that next level of, you know, competition or that next level of training or that next level of, of ball. And um, the next level in regards to this is kind of keeping a little bit of, a notation or a track of the things that I eat. I felt terrible this weekend. Well, I had pizza on Friday night before the tournament. Right. You know, and not to say that pizza's bad because I love pizza, Tori. But yeah, well, I do too. But, but if that's my pregame routine setup, and, right? And, and I guess it's just you know, you know, common sense and common practice are clearly not the same thing. It's so common sense to think about if I eat healthier and I eat well. And I make sure that I'm eating enough to sustain me throughout the day because I'm going to be working really hard some, in some places. And I feel good when I do it. Then why not keep doing it? Yeah. Uh, but, but you got to take note and keep track. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is we also just need to make sure that you know, the adults in the room are thinking about it. One of the things that I think happens so often, we're all so busy getting there. We're all so busy Quick running easy. around that we're yep. always looking for something fast. I think you can still be reasonable reasonable yeah um, but i think you're still a whole lot better off with a mcdonald's breakfast than no breakfast you're yeah. a whole lot better off with eggs a and pop- pancakes yeah, you're a whole big... lot better with a pop tart yeah. than no breakfast plug in mcdonald's here yeah. for the big breakfast yeah but yeah. The, but the moral to the story is that it just sets a tone for the way kids are planning for their their performance and as you said don you know keeping a journal you know having an idea 
when we talk about, you know, professional athletes, there are some professional athletes that are so routine oriented, they the exact same thing every single pregame. They, they, That's not going to be the reason I don't have a good day. Right. The, yeah. the routine for every single day is exactly the same. They're going to have Wade Boggs, who's one of the greatest hitters of all time, you know, was famous because the only thing he would eat was chicken. Well, you know, he had like seven different chicken recipes and every day of the week he had some ver- version of the exact same meal that he had the week before. Now, is that why he was one of the best hitters in history? Uh, it didn't hurt. I'm sure that uh, there's an awful lot of kids that uh, are playing this game that are running out of gas very quickly. They're running out of gas, even though they're eating throughout the course of the day, they're eating so much bad stuff. Concession stands are not designed for healthy eating very often. You know, and, and the places that offer any kind of a healthy option are pretty rare. And even if they do have a healthy option, you know, it's not anywhere near as much fun as a thing of nachos. Right. Well, Nacho cheese right before you're going to go out to the field to play a game when it's 100 degrees and it's the fourth game of the day and that's the first food you've eaten. Tori, a good old Snicker and a Coke? Uh, don't get me started. Because you know, uh? that was stuff we thought back when we were kids. I know. And then we would run out of gas. But so anyhow, we need to add nutrition to the things that we're talking about. For coaches, this is something I would challenge you to do. Ask around. I would be shocked if you don't have a parent on your team that is at least very mindful, knowledgeable, of, yeah. if not expert in you know meal planning and, and how to eat healthy. You know, there's so many more people now that are trying to figure out how to live forever that there's an awful lot of people that are paying so much more attention to what they eat and how Consuming, they how they prepare yeah. themselves that it's a it's a good idea for us to, to add that to the things for for softball. And if you're lucky enough to have access to somebody that is knowledgeable incorporate them. So, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, we're excited about having Pinnacle Power as one of our sponsors is it's a great protein source that's tasty and, you know, something that I think every kid should have. It's only got and, like six ingredients in it, Tori. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of them are natural and all yeah. of them are going to, are going to fuel the engine with, with good fuel. They're going to stay so, with you. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's the, the moral to the story. As we've said earlier, we're happy that Pinnacle Power is one of our sponsors, but we're not talking about nutrition just because we want to plug their product. No. But we are talking about nutrition because it's a missing ingredient for an awful lot of kids. And and if I see you know one more time that uh, the only food that kids are having at the ballpark is concession stand food, I'm not going to be shocked when that's the team that's going home early. That might get us by for a little while, but that's not the ultimate ticket right absolutely yeah. so so coaches add that to your uh things to do that's uh, your coaching tip of the week so don we're going to wrap up uh 239 with that make sure you support our sponsors the anderson bat company elite sporting goods bidinger and styles dds and pinnacle power make sure you go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch if you're in a position where you can help us we would certainly love to have you come on board go to everything fast pitch at gmail.com or fast pitch prep at gmail.com to make recommendations and nominations for player of the week um, and also suggestions about things that you would like for us to talk about. Uh, this week, every topic was something that was brought to us from our listeners and, and something that uh, they, they raised as topics that they wanted us to, to jump into. And so we always appreciate that because we want to talk about stuff that you're interested in. Go to fastpitchprep.com again. You have access to the blogs, the uh, YouTube channel, and to order your square cuts, training discs, they're $49.95 a dozen. That's going to wrap up episode number 239. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. 